Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at the Score, and today's episode is presented by Head and Shoulders. Offense for great hair, defense against flakes. Hopefully, if you're listening today, that means you're moving on to week 15 into the semifinals in your league. We'll try to make these Monday episodes just a little bit quicker the last couple of weeks since there's not as many speculative ads, right? Guys that we'd normally be stashing and hoping that they could break out in the next few weeks. There's just not that much time left. So the focus now is more on just winning each week and advancing through the next round and hopefully making it into the finals and winning a fantasy championship. So we'll still do a quick recap of the key injuries coming out of Sunday. And then we'll talk about some of the best ads on the waiver wire this week who can help give you that extra little push here down the stretch. Before we get into that though, I just want to remind everyone that the end of the fantasy season, that doesn't mean the end of this podcast, right? We go all off season long. We got shows looking ahead to the 2021 season, to free agency, the NFL draft, dynasty leagues. We got you covered. So make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast platform you use. That way you'll be one of the first people to get the episodes as they go up all off season long. All right. I want to start off with the Dolphins in the injury section here because it seemed like on Sunday they lost almost their entire offense here. Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki, and Jakeem Grant all went down, which resulted in Lynn Bowden Jr. leading the team in receiving, which was very surprising, but we'll talk more about him in a second. So you had Parker getting injured. It was his leg. It was in the first half, and he wasn't able to return. Grant hurt his hamstring. They're saying he's week to week now. And then Gasecki, who was just having a monster game, five catches, 65 yards, two touchdowns. He hurt his shoulder, seemed to be in a good amount of pain when he left in the fourth quarter. Brian Flores, after the game, said it was too early for updates on Parker, on Gasecki. So, I mean, the Gasecki injury looked pretty serious. I don't think we're going to see him for the rest of the fantasy season, but we'll see what the the tests on Monday show. And then for Parker, we're just going to have to wait because we really don't know whether that one's severe or not. And it kind of leaves us empty-handed for fantasy because you might be willing to take a chance on Bowden, who can be a flex play for you, maybe has some more upside as a running back. And I'll mention him when we get to the waiver wire section. But there's not really anyone in that offense, if Gusecki and Parker are out, that you're going to feel that confident in starting. It hurts to his chances of being a streamer. And then also, don't forget, Miles Gaskin missed this game because he got put on the COVID list. So timing-wise, he's probably not going to be available for Week 15 either. I don't think he can clear the protocol in time. So if you're playing any Dolphins next week, you just got to know that the really risky dart throw kind of guys that you're going to be putting in your lineup at one of the most important times of the fantasy season. So you don't really want to be doing that if you don't have to. But like I said, we'll talk about Bowden and where he might be able to sneak into your lineup in the waiver wire section. Debo Samuel, he suffered a hamstring injury in the first quarter. He didn't look very happy coming off the field either. And I think his fantasy managers probably felt the exact same way because he was leaving so early in the game. But Now you're looking at this, it's just turning into a lost year for Debo with all these injuries and all these different injuries, right? It started with the foot issue before the season and it's kind of gone all year long here. He gets back into the lineup and then boom, he's out again. After the game, Kyle Shanahan said it didn't look good for Debo. So normally you want to see the coach being optimistic, not the case there. So it wouldn't be surprising to see him get shut down the rest of the way. Just try to make sure that their young star is healthy moving forward into 2021 and beyond. So I wouldn't plan on having him for week 15, maybe not week 16, 
either. And that means Brandon Ayuk with Kittle and with Samuel out. He's just turning into a star here. His last few stat lines, the last five games, six for 115, eight for 91 and a touchdown, seven for 75 and a touchdown, five for 95 and a touchdown, and 10 for 119 this week. He is in that wide receiver two range, and he gets Dallas in week 15, so a fantastic matchup. You're just loving life if you got Ayuk on your team. Not really overly excited about anyone else in that 49ers offense. Their backfield's turned into a committee now. They're spreading the ball around to a bunch of different secondary receiving options, so it's Ayuk as a wide receiver two. It's Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson as RB3 flex guys with some upside, and they got that good matchup with the Cowboys coming up. And other than that, you're probably not touching too much in that offense. Mike Williams, he suffered a back injury, left the game. No updates here yet. We've seen guys come back the next week after sitting out during a game with a back issue. We've also seen guys miss a significant amount of time. So we'll be following practice reports on this one, uh, see where Williams is at. I'd be setting up just another wide receiver three instead of Williams this week because I don't know if he'll be in your lineup. Damian Harris, he suffered a back injury as well back on Thursday night. You might forget about that, but on the Thursday nighter, he got hurt later in the game. The only update that we got, it was a fairly positive one from his running backs coach, and he said that Harris was feeling better by the time they left that night, and he was expressing some optimism, but he also acknowledged that These back injuries can be tricky and they can pop up unexpectedly. So we'll be monitoring Harris this week. He's not the best play right now just due to his lack of involvement in the passing game there, but he's still an RB3 flex guy, guy that you need to find the end zone in order to pay off for you, but he's able to do that at times. Um, If he isn't able to go in week 15, then Sony Michelle would step right back into that early down role and have very similar fantasy value, just kind of touchdown dependent guys. Ronald Jones. So we found this one out on Monday that Jones fractured his pinky finger in Sunday's win. So if he's unable to play through that and he could miss some time here, that we could get Leonard Fournette back. He was a healthy scratch this week, but ultimately I wouldn't expect Fournette to just all of a sudden step up and become the lead back again. I think what you would see is him working in with LaShawn McCoy, who Looked pretty spry on Sunday in that game. I can give him a compliment, even for an older guy, for an older running back. He was looking all right, probably because he had so many weeks of rest there where he wasn't touching the ball. But we might also see a little bit of the rookie Keyshawn Vaughn as well. I think it would be more of a committee approach at that point. And it's really unfortunate because Ronald Jones was looking very, very good for us and helping us win some fantasy games here later in the season. And he really emerged as their starting back, as their lead guy. And now we might not have him for week 15. And remember too, they're going up against the Falcons this week and the Falcons, as much as their defense is one we can pick on their run defense is a little bit better than their pass defense. So they've been able to kind of slow down some rushing attacks and that might just mean a, a bigger day for the Bucks passing attack rather than their ground game. Noah Fant, he left in the first quarter due to an illness. Apparently the team later said that they believe because uh, left tackle Garrett Bowles sat out They believe that Bowles and Fant were suffering from food poisoning. Both those guys tested negative for COVID, but they still spent the night in Charlotte. They stayed there just in case it was anything. And Fant, I mean, he's been a decent tight end one for fantasy recently. So that was a really rough one to have him just leave unexpectedly early in the game during the fantasy playoffs. But we had plenty of craziness this week, a lot of unexpected outcomes. And that's kind of just the way it goes, right? I mean, in a week where you have Josh Jacobs active, But then you have Jacobs, after being ruled as active, 
go on Instagram and say that he's not playing just to joke around and troll fantasy managers that gave him a hard time for not playing last week. I mean, when you see that happen, people weren't very happy about that one. I thought it was kind of funny because you knew once he got out there for warmups, you were really confident. Okay, he's leading the team in warmups. He's serving as the RB1 during warmups. He's going to be out there for the game. So there wasn't that much worry at that point, but I don't know. Some people get pretty upset about that stuff online. Either way, we got a couple quarterback injuries we can discuss here. Matthew Stafford. So he suffered a rib injury late in the game. Couldn't stay out there. Normally he tries to fight through and play through the stuff. He wasn't able to. The reports today too were that he was just in an unbelievable amount of pain. Apparently that was coming from rap sheet for me and Rappaport. So that doesn't really bode well for his chances of playing in week 15. And it might mean that the Matt Stafford era for the Lions could be over here because there's been talk that he could be traded in the offseason. The team needs to rebuild here. Stafford definitely could still help a contender. There's a lot of teams out there that are just a quarterback short. So we could see him get dealt after the season. For now, though, just focusing on what it means for the fantasy playoffs it looks like we might get a Chase Daniel start in week 15, and that's not good news for anybody on this Lions offense. I mean, Daniel's a decent backup, but this offense just hasn't been the same without Kenny Galladay out there, and it sure seems like Galladay is just going to follow that A.J. Green playbook from 2019 and just stay on the sidelines with his injury for as long as he can until he becomes a free agent in the offseason, and I know it didn't really work out well for Green, but there isn't much reason for Galladay to come back now. So you lower your expectations for everybody in the Lions offense the rest of the way here. And that includes the backfield because there's not going to be as many scoring opportunities. They could be pretty few and far between if Stafford's not out there. Daniel Jones, he wasn't very effective this week and he wasn't able to run very much just because he was trying to play through that hamstring strain. But he was eventually pulled later in the game now you have to wonder whether they'll give him some time to get right. It's really tough. We've seen a bunch of guys trying to play through these hamstring issues, and he just wasn't really able to do it effectively. So Colt McCoy, likely going to be under center for the Giants in Week 15. Hopefully you're not relying on anybody in New York during the fantasy playoffs, though, and that goes for both New York teams. You don't really want to be starting any of the skill position players on either of those teams. Alex Smith. He was forced from the game in the second quarter with a calf injury. The team is definitely going to be cautious with him since the calf issue is on the same leg that he had surgically repaired. But the truth here is for fantasy, when we're talking about the other options in this offense, I know the offense as a whole has been better with Alex Smith out there. But overall, if we're going to make a switch to to Dwayne Haskins, you're not really going to change too much as far as the outlooks for these guys. I mean, Terry McLaurin can put up numbers with any quarterback. He did just fine with Haskins down the stretch last year. Logan Thomas, still a streaming option. I'm not expecting Antonio Gibson to make it back this week. So you're probably staying away from that backfield. You're probably staying away from that entire offense, except for Terry McLaurin. Really, if we're being honest here, but we'll keep an eye out and see if Alex Smith is able to play through that. I did see it get called a mild calf issue, so maybe he'll be able to play next week. Brandon Allen for the Bengals. He suffered a knee injury in the fourth quarter. It might just be a mercy thing here. He might just want to get out of there. We could see him miss some time depending how severe it is. And really the shocking thing is if Brandon Allen's not out there, it actually makes this offense even worse at this point. You wouldn't think that it could get any worse, but we all know how bad it's been. I've talked about Ryan Finley, who's their third now. I've talked about him in the past and just how bad and limited action he has not come through at all. We're talking about sub 50% completion rate, like just a guy who maybe doesn't belong in the NFL. So it would be even harder to trust 
the Bengals receivers if he's under center. And I'll just mention a few guys here that missed week 14 because they were on the COVID list who might be back for week 15. So a DJ Moore, David Johnson, if everything goes well, we should see those guys back in week 15. Some other quick injury notes that I just want to talk about here. After he wasn't able to get back to practice last week, late in the week, after he kind of had that tweak of his quad, Christian McCaffrey, there's some talk he could play in week 15. There was a tweet from Rappaport today saying the Panthers are hoping that he can get back on the practice field this week. That would give him a chance at least to play on Saturday. I still view that as a long shot, but it does give you some hope that he might be able to play in week 16 because after last week, I was kind of thinking that might be the end of the season for McCaffrey. Right now, though, I'm anticipating Mike Davis getting another start a nice matchup with that Packers defense on Saturday. And I guess this is a good time to mention that schedule-wise this week, barring any COVID changes, we know those are always possible, but we have the regular Thursday nighter. Then we have a double header on Saturday, Bills, Broncos, and then Panthers and Packers, and then the usual Sunday, Monday slate. So make sure all your lineups are set before those games on Saturday. And then also on the injury front here, this is the time of year. Another thing I feel like I have to say where teams start making these decisions on shutting guys down for the season. One guy to mention for that, Julio Jones, right? He's in that boat right now where they haven't announced it yet, but they've been kind of putting it out there that they're thinking about shutting him down for the year. Really not much reason for him to risk it at this point. And guys like Joe Mixon and George Kittle and maybe even John Brown, I don't think we're going to see those guys during the fantasy playoffs either. Obviously, Brown's going to try to get healthy for the Bills for the playoffs, but If you have the bench space, you can keep them, but I'm fine with dropping those guys right now, fantasy-wise, letting them go and redraft leagues if there's anything good on the waiver wire. And really, that brings us to the waiver wire section, so we can take a look here and see if there's anything worthy of being on your roster, maybe even in your starting lineup this week. And as always, you can read my entire column on the score on Monday night. I list a ton of players at every position Not as many guys this time of year, like I said early, just because we're not really stashing as many players anymore. So the the list won't be quite as deep, but there'll still be lots of options no matter what size league you play in. So let's start at quarterback. Phillip Rivers, 41% rostered, gets the Texans this week. I keep touting him pretty much every episode. I talk about Rivers, finished as a top 16 fantasy quarterback in five straight games now. He might not have the huge ceiling that some of the other quarterbacks have, but we know he can be a solid streamer for teams that are in need of a starting option this late in the season. And we saw this matchup with the Texans just two weeks ago, right? Rivers had 285 yards and two touchdowns against them. Plus, Houston's defense, they just haven't been very good this year. After that Rivers game, they just let Mitch Trubisky put up three touchdowns on them. So you can play Rivers with confidence in that matchup. We also got to talk about Jalen Hurts, 17% rostered, gets the Cardinals this week. I had my doubts going into that first game, and I knew the rushing ability was there, but one of my concerns was that that Saints defense was so good, and I still question how effective he's going to be as a passer, but if he can come out in that first start and perform as well as he did, 167 passing yards and a touchdown, no picks, and then 18 carries for 106 yards on the ground. Help the Eagles get the win over the Saints. And it's only going to get easier from here now, right? You get the Cardinals this week. You get the Cowboys next week. And looking at this Cardinals game, they're in the top half of the league in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They've given up at least 30 rushing yards to six of the last 10 quarterbacks that they've faced. So 
there's going to be a little more tape to go off of for their coaching staff when going up against Hertz here, but Hertz should also be a little more comfortable in his second start. So that rushing production alone puts him into the streamer conversation. And then you could consider Mitch Trubisky going up against Minnesota. You could consider Derek Carr against the Chargers. There's a few more options in the column, but I also wanted to note, and I put them in the column, some week 16 streamers, just in case you're looking ahead and trying to grab somebody if and when you make it to the the fantasy championship in one league where I have Russell Wilson. I'm trying to do that right now. I'm looking ahead. So I threw a couple of the names in the column as well. At running back, it's pretty ugly here. We don't really have a big name. We don't really have a backup that's getting pushed into a starting role because of an injury. So that's why I'm leading off with Lynn Bowden Jr. 1% rostered. They're playing the Patriots this week. Now, he mostly played as the slot receiver on Sunday, but he's listed as a running back or at least has running back and wide receiver eligibility on most sites. And I don't know if I'd really want to look at him in standard leagues, but in half PPR, in full PPR formats, he's a really interesting play as a flex with some upside here. If he can continue to do what he did this week, if those guys are still out around him, he had nine targets, seven catches, 82 receiving yards, also had a carry for two yards. If Gasecki and Parker end up being sidelined here, Bowden showed he can be this team's top option. I don't know if it's something we could expect long-term, but he's at least a favorite to lead them next week if Parker and Gasecki aren't out there. So Bowden could be startable in fantasy if you're thin at running back. I'm not as excited about him at receiver because there's more options at receiver on the waiver wire, but he could be in play there as well. If you're looking for a more traditional running back, I kind of mentioned him earlier, Jeff Wilson Jr. This gives you an idea of where we're at here for waiver wire options at running back, but he's 19% rostered in that good matchup against the Cowboys. This timeshare with Mostert, Wilson only played one fewer snap than Mostert this week. Wilson put up 44 total yards and a touchdown on 12 touches. Mostert had 70 scoreless yards, and he got the ball 16 times in that game. So Mostert might have a slight advantage, but Mostert has admitted that he has this ankle sprain that's still bothering him. That might be part of the reason why Kyle Shanahan's just totally fine splitting the work here. And they get this matchup with the Cowboys defense. It's one of the 10 easiest opponents for fantasy backs. So San Fran's rushing attack, they're going to have a lot of success in this game on the ground. And that means a lot of production for Mostert and for Wilson. And I like Wilson as a flex with RB2 upside if he finds the end zone. Uh, Some other names you can keep in mind as well as flex plays. I mean, DeAndre Washington with Gaskin out. If Salvin Ahmed and Matt Breda can't get back, then Washington's going to get another chance to lead the team in carries. That's what he did this week. Didn't turn out to a huge amount of production, but they fell behind. And then Patrick Laird got a lot of work because they were trailing. Unlike the Chiefs game, I mean, the Dolphins should have a closer contest against the Patriots this week, so Washington could see more work in that one. Still just a flex option, though. Gus Edwards, we've yet to see him play this week. We'll see what happens on Monday night, but J.K. Dobbins is the lead back there. Edwards is still somebody that can get in there and put up some production in a matchup against the Jaguars in Week 15. We could see all three Ravens backs put up huge numbers in that game. So should be an absolutely dominant rushing performance from Baltimore against Jacksonville. And that puts Edwards back on the map here as a flex option. And there's more names in the article, but I'm also going to mention Travion Williams. And I say it kind of reluctantly because you're not going to want to start him this week. They're going up against the Steelers. But I was very high on Gio Bernard this past week because of that Cowboys matchup. I did not expect Gio to come out, fumble early, and then get benched. 
But after that happened, they took a look at Travion Williams, who he's somebody I talked about in the offseason as a deeper stash. I think I might have mentioned him and even written him up in my super deep sleepers column that was in the draft kit. But Williams gained 49 yards on 12 carries, looked pretty good doing it too. Added another 14 yards on three receptions, and he fumbled as well. We can't forget that. But with the Bengals not really playing for anything down the stretch here, it would make sense for them to take a longer look at Williams and see what he can do. And like I said, it's not somebody you want to play this week because they're going up against the Steelers. But if he takes over this starting job in this game, then maybe you could play him a week 16 against a bottom three Texans run defense. So something to consider in deeper leagues, kind of one of the, the rare stashes this time of year. At receiver... Make sure guys like Curtis Samuel, Kiki Cutie, Michael Pittman, all those guys need to be rostered. They're around that 50-60% cutoff mark. Remember, Lynn Bowden can be used as a receiver on a lot of sites, so he's an option here too. But we can run through some of the other top names like Tim Patrick, my guy, 28% rostered. He's still just 28% rostered, led the Broncos in snaps this week, came away with another touchdown. So that's 60 yards and or a touchdown in eight of his last 10 games. And one of the 10 was the game where the Broncos started Kendall Hinton at quarterback, a game where they only completed one pass as a team on that day. So basically eight of Patrick's last nine performances, he's gone for either 60 yards and or a touchdown. And he's still out there at over 70% of format. I might need to like hire a skywriter to just fly over major cities and just write Tim Patrick's name in the air so people realize this guy exists because it doesn't seem like people want to roster this guy. I don't understand it. He's still producing. You should get him on your team. If you're in a deeper league, you could also even consider his teammate, KJ Hamler. Now, I have a little bit of ill will towards KJ Hamler because this week I was going up against him in a deeper format. Someone started him against me and he has just this huge game caught two balls. They both happen to be long touchdowns, 86 yards and two scores on the day. And yeah, that's in his wheelhouse. I mean, it's not going to come to fruition every week, but he can put up the long ball there and it might actually cost me a, a playoff win. So it's very unfortunate, a pretty devastating way to lose. But Hamler could be somebody that you could look at in deeper leagues. I also recommend looking at the Packers wideouts. I mean, Alan Lazard, 38% rostered, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, 20% rostered. I've mentioned them a bunch of times on the show here. I've mentioned them in the waiver wire column. I'm surprised that they aren't rostered in more leagues, but they get the Panthers defense and it's the same Panthers defense that just got lit up by those Broncos receivers this past week. So if Drew Locke can throw for four touchdowns against Carolina, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for eight, 10. I mean, I would go and scoop up Lazard and MVS. I think those guys, they could both have good games. I know Devontae Adams takes up such a huge amount of that target share, but both these guys have performed in recent weeks. There's lots of flex options at receiver, though. Guys like Sammy Watkins and Richard Higgins and Russell Gage and Chad Hansen and Gabriel Davis. I mean, a bunch of options out there if you need that extra piece to throw in your lineup as a flex. Guys who have some upside shouldn't be a problem finding anybody like that at receiver this week. And then we'll finish it off at tight end. And this one warms my heart because we talked about Irv Smith Jr. as a potential breakout candidate before the season. All he needed was the snaps, the talents there, and he flashed a few times throughout the year. He got up over 50 yards a couple of times, but Minnesota basically just stayed committed to playing both tight ends, to having Kyle Rudolph out there a bunch as well, and they kind of cannibalized each other. However, this week, Kyle Rudolph was out, and we saw Smith blow up four catches, 63 yards, a touchdown. We'll see whether Rudolph can get back for next week's game, but 
If he isn't out there, then Smith is right back in that high-end, tight-end two streamer situation against the Bears. And speaking of the Bears, we could talk about their young tight end too. Rookie Cole Komet has played on over 70% of the Bears snaps each of their last four games. And now the past two weeks, it's finally turned into some production here. Five for 37 and a score last week. Four for 41 in this past game. 14 targets over those last two games. And I know Jimmy Graham vultured the touchdown this week, but... Komet is the better fantasy option at this point. He's a guy that could be a streamer for you. Chase the volume. Don't chase the touchdown with Graham because Graham's numbers have been way down. He's playing on less than 50% of the snaps. So his numbers are not something that you want in your lineup. But Cole Komet, you might be able to play him. Same goes for Logan Thomas against the Seahawks. Tyler Higby against the Jets. But you can find all those guys and way more tight ends in my column on Monday night. And that is all for today's show. I will be back on Wednesday to preview week 15. But until then, big thanks to Head & Shoulders for sponsoring the show. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby. Said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. Said leave